This is Victoria of TheUnleashedHeart.com, and you're listening to Grieving Voices, a podcast for hurting hearts who desire to be heard, or anyone who wants to learn how to better support loved ones experiencing loss. As a 30-plus year griever and advanced grief recovery method specialist, I know how badly the conversation around grief needs to change. Through this podcast, I aim to educate grievers and non-grievers alike, spread hope, and inspire compassion toward those hurting. Lastly, by providing my heart with ears and this platform, grievers have the opportunity to share their wisdom and stories of loss and resiliency. How about we talk about grief like we talk about the weather? Let's get started. Hello and welcome to Grieving Voices. I am your host, Victoria Volk of The Unleashed Heart, and thank you for being here. Today, um, before I get into the episodes I'm going to be talking about, I just want to share um, about an energy quiz that I launched uh, a little while back. And if you haven't gone to my website, theunleashedheart.com, you can find um, a link for that either on the top banner or um, it should pop up at some point. And it takes less than 90 seconds. It's 10 questions. And at the end, you'll find your, you'll discover your energy type and, and what to do with it and how to nurture your energy type, what drains it, all of that stuff. Um, I think it's a very informative quiz. Um, and the results are very informative. And I think it would be beneficial and helpful, especially for grievers who often feel their energy being drained. And so I just wanted to share about that in case you have not seen that on my website at all or haven't come across it on social media. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about episode 61 with Rachel Engstrom, cancer wife, widow, and never a mother-to-be, and episode 62 with Eric Hodgson, opening the door to a parent's worst nightmare. I'd like to start with Rachel's episode. And when I'm hearing the stories of grievers who come on my podcast, I try to put myself in their shoes and through their story, feel what that might have been like to go through that experience. And what struck me about Rachel's story is the time, the time that from diagnosis until her husband passed away and still holding on to hope that entire time that he would go into remission and he would be healthy again. But we never really know, do we, when our time is up or when we'll receive a diagnosis that could drag on for years and years. I know people who are on dialysis, who have been on dialysis for many years for their kidneys. And it takes a toll, I I believe, I, I can only imagine it takes a toll on people's mindset. And, you know, and this is where the human spirit is remarkable in adapting to our circumstances whether you're a child who's being abused or an adult who's going through a terminal illness 
the human spirit learns to adapt. And I think we find our resourcefulness in times of struggle and challenge. And that's just what Rachel and her husband did. They found their resourcefulness and had support come in to help them. Uh, Her parents had lived with them for quite some time during that period. And I just imagine that had they had kids at that time, that would have been even more helpful. And I think we get so scared to ask for help and support in those times. We think we can do it all or we should be doing it all. I think especially as mothers and nurturers, we think we should be doing it all. And I personally have had many challenging times um, asking for help and support of others. And um, I'm only learning now in my later years that support is really where it's at, whether it's in grief, in our grief, or, um, you know, in our businesses, just bringing on support and, and help, which I did this year, which has been incredible. So I think that is probably one of the lessons that I have learned in my grief recovery and talking with other grievers and hearing their stories is that it's in the support that you find your own strength in a lot of ways because when you are able to take a break, when you are able to um, just step back for a moment, that can help to recharge your own battery and tackle the next day. So I think that's a huge takeaway in Rachel's episode and in many episodes, but I just wanted to highlight that and that it's important to ask for support and whatever that looks like for you. Um, I love this one line too, where a friend of hers had told her, you can be, you can choose to be bitter or better. And that was kind of a turning point for her. She didn't want to be bitter anymore. She wanted to be better. And, you know, after her husband's passing, started to pick up the pieces and really wanted to find some meaning in her experience and um, ended up writing the book, Wife, Widow, Now What? How I Navigated the Cancer World and How You Can Too. And I've talked to many grievers who through their stories, through their experiences, have, I don't know, I think I'm the same way. You want to find meaning for what you've gone through. You want to make something of it. And um, that's been really a common thread also among all of the guests that I have had. Whether that's helping others or in a quiet way, You know, it doesn't have to be writing a book or it doesn't have to be um, becoming a grief recovery specialist. It can just be a more compassionate friend or spouse or what have you. Because I do believe that the more challenging experiences of our lives have the ability to make us more compassionate people towards others. 
And after a year in of this podcast and listening to people's stories, the other tip I would give too is the quickest turnaround to feeling better is to helping others. And that was really a turning point for me personally as well. And that's been Rachel's work as well. She's really been an advocate for acute lymphoblastic leukemia and and really just cancer in general. She's really uh, tried to raise awareness and and money as well. So there are many people doing amazing things in this world because of the challenges they've experienced. And Rachel is one of them. There is another aspect of Rachel's story I want to share in that. What if someone in a re- with whom you are in a relationship with is diagnosed with a terminal illness and you are let's say the significant other, but it's been a less than loving relationship. You're probably going to experience a lot of conflicting feelings about that. There's a part of you that feels like you should help that person. You should be there for them, you know, till death do you part. Um, You would want the same for yourself. You would want that person to help you if it were you or support you if it was you that was diagnosed with a terminal illness. But truly, if it's a less than loving relationship, I can see where during uh, Rachel's episode, she had mentioned that one of the nurses had told her that 70% of marriages or couples separate during cancer. And that struck me. But in all honesty, it doesn't surprise me because I think there are a lot of less than loving relationships out there. I think there are many people who uh, get into relationship who haven't healed their own wounds. And so you have two people that come together with their wounds not healed, emotional wounds I'm talking about, of course. And, you know, the other person can be someone who is either going to help you evolve and grow and and challenge you to do that and maybe and hopefully you do that together or you can be like the the child that picks the scab and you can do that for each other where it's it's just kind of a toxic thing you know it's you don't know how to be with someone else as long as you have this wounded inner child in you. And I think we're just all walking wounded inner children as adults until we recognize that our past and the behaviors that we resort to as adults and the problems we see in our lives that are usually repetitive we find ourselves in the same bad relationships or you find yourself with the same cycle of money issues time after time, or um, you find yourself abusing different substances, you know, different substance, different stage of life. These are the things that are still there when you get into a relationship with someone, marry someone, unless you can recognize and have that awareness that these of what your issues are, and you work through them either together as a couple to grow through it 
or you work on that beforehand, which I highly recommend. Um, I would recommend to anybody who is thinking about getting married to go through grief recovery. Uh, you know, they have these pre-marriage classes and things, but I think that the most significant thing that you can do for your future and your future life with someone is to work on your own crap, <laughs> really. Um, and I think that that's what grief recovery offers. It's a gift to you. Um, but you have to be willing to do the work, of course. And many people are not. And it's just where you're at at the time. So you look for someone else to, like, you know, heal those wounds for you. You look to someone else to give you the love that you should be giving yourself. And I could go on a tangent right now, but I'm not. But uh, I just wanted to highlight how how can it be that in a terminal diagnosis that couples can just shatter. And I believe that's why. It's it's the the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's just one because there is such a level of, of intimacy in struggle um, for the person that is both the supporter and the caregiver, but also the person who is the one that is diagnosed. It's a reckoning. It's an awakening. Um, I imagine, and I, I've never been diagnosed with cancer, but I imagine it is a a great awakener, right? And it's grief. It is grief. Imagine the grief that it causes someone to just have learned, well, you have six months to live. Uh, it's a, it's, that is capable of knocking the wind out of the sails and sinking the heart of even the strongest person you know. And I do think that how you've handled challenges in your life before that experience or before that diagnosis is a precursor to how you handle the hard stuff, the harder stuff that comes your way. And so maybe thinking about how you've done that in the past how have you handled the really challenging parts of your life your life in the past and um, do you want to be prepared emotionally or do you and I don't even know that anything can really prepare you to be honest um, I don't think anything can nothing can for this these life-altering diagnoses or these changes or these big losses that we experience like I'll talk about next with with Eric's story but nothing can prepare you for that but I do feel like there are tools out there that can help to support you in discerning what it is you need and helping you to become your best advocate for yourself and um we, we, we learn those things by digging deep into ourselves. And so I want to also say that the worst thing is always what happened to you. Because no matter what, you will always experience it at 100%. There are no half grievers out there. So just keep that in mind. So please check out 
Rachel's episode, number 61, Life as a Cancer Wife, Widow, and Never a Mother-to-Be, because there's so much more to her story than I even covered here today, but I do like to keep these takeaways episodes kind of brief. There is definitely more to her story, so I hope you take a listen. Now I'd like to share my takeaways from episode 62 with Eric Hodgden, Opening the Door to a Parent's Worst Nightmare. In 2014, his 15-year-old daughter Zoe had um, taken her own life, and as he shared the story of how he learned about how that was done, I listened so intently, and I could visualize the story I could visualize the moment as he was telling me and it literally broke my heart. Um, I have a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old and I just even thinking about it um, makes my eyes well up. I cannot imagine. That is why I titled his episode um, which I struggled with uh, on what to title it. But really, it came to me that that is my, I think that would be any parent's worst nightmare. It would just be your worst nightmare. It doesn't matter how it happened, but just stepping into your child's bedroom, expecting them to be in their bed, asleep or falling asleep. And... um just the unimaginable instead is what you find. Um, it really, truly just hurts my heart. Um, so it was a really difficult episode actually for me to listen back to when I had to edit it. And um, But it's so important for me that I personally edit my episodes because, well, one... It's usually a few months from editing. Um, It's usually, I'm usually a few months out in editing from when we initially record. And so I feel like I need to hear it again in order to, you know, freshen up on the story and, and, and of what, you know, to be able to articulate what it is that I felt when I first heard it. And to hear it a second time, because I hear every griever's story a second time when I go to edit. Um, I am just, I walk away from editing just amazed with the tenacity of the human spirit. We can endure so much more than I believe we give ourselves credit for. Um, But in the moment, in the moment of that deep despair and sorrow, it's really hard to see three, five, ten years into the future, maybe even to tomorrow. And um, this is why I'm loving this podcast so much and doing this podcast so much is that the people who come on this podcast bring hope to other grievers. But here's the thing. If you were listening to this podcast... That is you too. That is you. Because you can take so much more than I think you give yourself credit for. There does come a time where you can only take so much. 
And I think that's when most people seek out help and support. And I'll come back to the first part of this episode where I talked about support and help and how important it is. But for Eric and for many grievers, it does take first having this moment within ourselves like I'm meant for more than this this is my life is more than this more than this sorrow more than this anger more than this pain I want my life to be fruitful and I want to thrive and I want to make something out of this crap that I've been handed. I do think there are many of us that come to that place too. Um, And unfortunately, there are many who stay in that place of sorrow and pain and this is, and feel like this is just, I guess this is just how it is. This is just what life is going to be. This is my New normal, they say now. But it doesn't have to be. You have so much power of choice, you don't even probably realize it. Because grief does make us feel like we don't have a choice. But we do. You do. You do have a choice. And that's what Eric talks a lot about in his episode, is this, there was a defining moment where he felt like he heard Zoe's voice. He did. He said he heard Zoe's voice. And she was in so many words, I'm just paraphrasing, but just like, snap out of it, Dad. Just snap out of it. You know, and when we are so deep in it, it's really hard for us to do that sometimes. Sometimes it's a prayer that you just say out loud. And something happens within you is this something turns within you something flips and that's really when my life kind of flipped is when I finally surrendered and I started to pray to be honest I hadn't stepped in a church in many many years and it happens differently for everybody um It doesn't happen for everybody, of course, because there are many grievers out there who are still feeling hopeless. Really, again, that's the premise of this whole podcast, too, is to bring hope to people. I think it's fitting that he titled his book A Sherpa Named Zoe, and it's because of what he has learned about himself through her and through that experience. And not to mention what he also learned about Zoe herself through stories that people shared with him after her passing. So we have an impact on people, and we often just never realize it. And that was one of the things Eric and I talked about. And it's so unfortunate that we don't feel like we can share with other people while we're alive and well how much that person means to us or how much impact they have in our lives or they have had on our lives. And just feeling this gratitude and expressing it for what they bring to our lives and what they mean to us and um, being grateful for the connection itself because we are 
beings that thrive on connection. And again, it comes back to the support and feeling supported. And there are so many people who I know that walk throughout their lives and don't feel supported. And I can offer my support in a thousand different ways, but if as a person they don't feel it within themselves, that's a really unfortunate space to be in. And I think a lot of it comes down to trust. Like we also have to trust that we are supported. It has to come within us first before we can feel it from other people. And and that's with so many things. Obviously, love, connection. You know, if we're feeling disconnected from ourselves, which often happens in grief, how can we then feel connected with others? Healing really begins when when we start with that self-exploration when it comes to grief. I want to share a quote that Eric had shared during the podcast episode, and it was, he said, just because your loved one lost their life doesn't mean your life is lost too. And I thought that was such a beautiful, poignant thing. And it's true. And it's easy for me to say that, that it's true, because I haven't lived that experience. So don't take it from me, take it from Eric, who's lived it. He's lived that experience. And many guests on this podcast have lived through terrible experiences. And if they would have settled for the fact that their life was lost too, their gifts that they could have given the world wouldn't be out there. So let that settle in a minute and just think about what your hopes and dreams were before grief before a loss that you've endured? What were they before? They're still there. There's still life left to live. And I hope that Eric's story gives you hope that it's still possible to move forward. I hope Rachel's story gives you hope that it's still possible to create a life that you love, even if it's the love you lost, even if it's your child. Eric has become an amazing mentor and leader in helping others really find their own strength through their struggle. And so I encourage you to check out his website. You can find it at erichhodgden.com. That's E-R-I-C-H-O-D-G-D-O-N.com. And I think just looking at his website too, you'll feel that he has really made something out of this tragic, terrible loss that he's experienced. And there are so many tips, too, that he walks through on our podcast episode. He talked about, you know, the pressure that teens feel today and shared tips around that, as well as being a parent of a teen. And I just, it really was a great, great conversation. So I hope you check it out. And, um, I do hope, again, that you find hope in through their stories. Um, and like Eric said, you know, gratitude played a huge role in what he was experiencing when he was deep in his sorrow. And he had to constantly remind himself that gratitude of what is in my life right now. And so that is the question for you today. What is in your life right now that you can just feel so grateful for of what is today in your life. 
And it was thanks to him, actually, that um, he shared about the five-minute journal. And I've now been using it for three months. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, It's become part of my morning regimen. And I highly recommend it. And I do link to that in the show notes of episode 62 um, of his episode. And I will link to it here as well. So... And as well as to the episodes, both 61 and 62, you'll also find in the show notes. And I, again, encourage you to listen to those. So uh, thank you so much for listening to today's Takeaways and Reflections episode. Um, Again, I remind you about the energy quiz that I shared about at the beginning. Uh, If you haven't checked it out, it's on my, you can find the link on my website. It's a quick 10 question, less than two minutes you'll have. Um, a PDF uh, that you can, a resource that you can use to figure out what nurtures and what drains your energy, what your energy type is. And um, I just am really proud of uh, what I created with that. And so I would love for you to enjoy it as well. And it's free. That's, you know, you're not going to get any further emails from me. Uh, for my newsletter or anything like that, it's you're just getting the the guide. And if you wish to join my newsletter, um, which is biweekly every um, every other Wednesday, which is filled with content not shared anywhere else, um, there is a link in the show notes to that if you would like to join that. But um, yeah, I would love to have you in my sacred space. I call it. It's where I share things I don't share elsewhere. So I'd be happy to have you. Until next time, take care and remember, when you unleash your heart, you unleash your life. Much love. From my heart to yours, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it, because sharing is caring. And until next time... Give and share compassion by being a heart with ears. And if you're hurting, know that what you're feeling is normal and natural. Much love, my friend.